Atlanta's loss on Sunday meant an all-NFC South Monday night football would make a serious impact on the division race. Three minutes to go, and the Saints looked like they'd taken the opportunity to save their season. But lo and behold, Brady still had enough time to overcome a 13-point lead. Welcome to another Monday night football recap, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hogan, joined by Michael McQuaid. And for the first time on one of these, Michaela Fagan. Michaela, it's an audio-only podcast, so we can't really take advantage of you having your tom brady jersey but it made me wonder how many teams you have represented in the wardrobe oh my god um how many teams do i have i think the last time i counted it was maybe i think it was 15 jerseys the last time a couple a couple 15 jerseys jesus yeah you see grow you see when you like soccer and you kind of grow up as a fan of Liverpool because your family are Liverpool fans, you don't want to get any other jerseys because you just feel like you're breaking the loyalty. But then when I got into the NFL, I was like, I'm just going to get all jerseys for all the players and the teams I like. So that's what I do. Even though the Eagles are my team, I don't mind wearing, maybe I wouldn't wear a Cowboys jersey anymore, but like, I'd love to wear like, you know, like a Brady jersey. It's, it's just fun. Yeah, that's class. I didn't think the number was going to be 15. I have what two cardinals jersey one of them is hung up on the wall and i don't get to wear the larry fitzgerald one though so it's nuts but the tom brady one i mean look it was obviously ideal to have it last night but lads i want to start off by saying that tampa bay offense is useless watching it last night it's like i i, I haven't seen the stat put out there yet i went to put it together it wasn't the most difficult one to find 48 minutes and 15 seconds this team went without scoring and we're going to gloss over it now because they came out with the win on the right side of things but as far as i was concerned we glossed over it when they came back to beat the rams but michael i'll throw it to you can we have faith in the books to you know be any kind of threat to a decent team when like there's no offense to talk about first off great to have you on chatting about this game and uh, 15 jerseys is, is interesting we'll have to get market jersey in arizona this year we'll see the crack um First, yeah, you were just asking about this game, about this Monday Night Football game. I mean, just in regards to this Bucks offense, they are as useful as a chocolate fire guard. Hype. Absolutely useless. And for Brady to cover over the cracks last night in, frankly, the last, what, three minutes and 40 seconds was was stunning. And you, you asked me about the Bucks offense. Yeah, it's been a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm still dosed with a man flu, Mark. Yeah. So you, you were asking about the Bucks offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the books because i suppose when you're watching it last night they just like they didn't get anything going they i yeah. from my watching of it it was you know they have no run game to speak of and teams now are kind of happy to sit back and wait for the passing play yeah i sorry about that yeah it's 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 really intriguing because like you you watch the game back from last night and lenny had 10 carries for like 50 odd yards but even at that, they weren't big cars. I think he averaged four yards a carry. And there was times when he got through, times when he wasn't getting through. But the Saints immediately stopped that run. And for Brady and the Bucks to go into the half for a start with only scoring you know, three, three points offensively is one thing. For that to continue into the third quarter was shocking. And offensively for the Bucks, there's a number of issues for me. And it, it comes down to this to the, the two big points in the game for me. It's... That situation, obviously, towards you know the the end of the game, that big penalty, but they couldn't get it going at all. Usually at this time of the year, Tom Brady's got like Gronk to throw the ball to. Now he's relying on Keith Otten, who seems to get like what four yards a carry. Chris Godwin was the leading the leading guy last night there. Mike Evans, 
okay, he got 60 yards. But th- this is where it's one thing actually watching the games and it's another thing actually looking at the extrapolated data from the yards, carries, etc. You know, the, the combination of Brady and Evans last night, okay, it got a wee bit better in terms of he was actually getting the ball to Evans at some points in the game, but it's nowhere near where it was last year. I think that's a huge issue. And it was almost like playing Monopoly and it was the biggest get-out-of-jail-free card ever last night because the Bucks, apart from that Chiefs game at home, have been pretty, pretty poor on the offense. And there's only going to be so many more occasions when they are able to go up against a team where they that where, where they will let them into the game. Um, that Seattle game was one where they, where they didn't have a great game offensively. They, they obviously got over the line, but uh, that game last night was another one. Arguably, yeah, that, that Chiefs game, I think we talked about it, um, on like a Monday or Tuesday a few weeks ago, Mark, uh, towards the start of the season when Brady had three passing touchdowns. Outside of that there, it hasn't been good. The interception that Brady threw was it at the mid to the end of the second quarter. It was shocking. Just a lot of a lot of uneasy moments for a team in which I just don't see them winning a playoff game. If they win the NFC South, they're going to go one and done for me. I suppose, where, where would you go? I know we kind of talked about it last week, Michaela, but where where would you go with the offense because like i see chris godwin as the safety valve that you know is you know fixing the mike evans hole i actually don't put much on mike evans at all he did come up with a couple of massive catches the most important being with three minutes to go he didn't get the catch now but brady threw him and he was able to draw a pass interference um do you put the blame still on mike evans or do you think that it's other receivers need to be able to step up kind of following what chris godwin is doing and uh giving a bit more help there i think when i looked at the the game in the kind of highlights i thought the books started off very well with the throwing game i don't i don't think Evans, I don't think a lot of the blame should be put on Evans because Evans obviously has like every season in the NFL, he has over a thousand yards. He's so in like he's so important to that book's offense. And I think it's okay for a guy of his caliber just to kind of have an off kind of few games and stuff like that. But I, it's just so concerning to see like why what what's wrong with the Brady when when Michael said about the Brady and Evans connection a couple of weeks ago. And I, I saw it last night. I think he like like remember the commentator saying, "Oh, this was his first target to Evans." And I'm like, "What do you mean that's his first target to Evans?" Like we're halfway through the game. Um, Godwin is stepping up uh, very well. The rookie tight end is like we, like I we said, like when I said when I watched the highlights, all of the players on the offense look like they're doing decent. It's just that they can't convert the points. And I I I, I think. Godwin and the tight end, the rookie tight end, I think for now, I think they're all playing decent. I just don't know what it is. They just can't click and get enough points at the moment. I think the thing for me, Mark, to jump on Michaela's comment there, it's one thing for us to complain about and rightly complain about the, the Bucs, and especially with like Lenny in the run game and it being non-existent there. The Saints still put up, what, 16-odd points last night with no run game with Kamara, who had like, 20 odd yards for 12 cars it wasn't happening if it wasn't for Shahid as the wideout Andy Dalton apart from that play that Taysom Hill last night they probably wouldn't even have got nine points so um they're like it's, it's the the division overall is just I don't want to say it's atrocious because it's not but it's not great like everyone always sits here and say and I know I'm repeating myself now but I said about you know them the, the, probably going to go one and done in the playoffs the Bucks. I get the whole thing of, oh, it's Tom Brady 
I, I don't think anybody can turn this around. Never mind Tom, really. I don't know what the hell's going on there. It, like, is there a buy-in across the board? You look at the... And I had this conversation with a German podcast this week. You look at the hangover the teams have when they win the Super Bowl. The Rams are going through one at the minute. And the Bucks obviously won it, what, two years ago now going into it. They haven't recovered. They got close last year in the playoffs, but they're not anywhere near of the of the level that they need to be in. That was a damning and a crushing defeat for the Saints last night because if they had won that game, they'd then take it over from the Bucs. And frankly, they go into the last few weeks of the season aiming to get that divisional title and now it makes it even more hard for them. Yeah, I think I read Greg Allman had a tweet out yesterday saying that 77% chance going into the game the Bucs had that they would win the division and went up to 88% after they won. So, I mean, not that it's signed and sealed, but definitely the Saints could have made a mark yesterday. And I suppose there's many avenues we can kind of go here. I think we'll get to Tom Brady in a second, but I just want to yeah, say what kind of what Makeda was talking about there. I think you're dead right because when you look at, where the kind of balls were spread around to, there was plenty of receivers. Look, there was 53 passing attempts made in the game, but like Chris Godwin, 13 uh, targets, and he was reliable enough, had eight receptions. But then Kate Oaten is there with 10 targets. But I want to point out that Mike Evans only had the four targets, but he brought all of them in. And then he had that massive pass interference penalty. One of the catches that he had, it was actually that first uh, grab that you're talking about. It was for, uh, initially ruled out of bounds, but he had actually come down with the ball and they brought it back again. So it's kind of, it was a strange one last night because Marshall Lattimore wasn't on the field and you're thinking that, you know, that's that was the game that maybe they were going to be able to bring Mike Evans back into it because when you start to look down the line and who they're going to be playing in the playoffs, they're going to be playing against like true out and out number one cornerbacks, whether that's Trayvon Diggs or Darius Slay with the Eagles or I don't know, at this point, the... Um, Tariq Woolen, the rookie for Seattle, I mean, you could match him up with a guy come playoffs times that I suppose it's going to be worrying. And even if we turn our attention, and we're going to focus on this game again after this, but I do want to mention they're playing the 49ers this weekend, and we've had a tweet out over the weekend about how across the board, it seems, the San Francisco 49ers defense is like number one. They will not be able to move the ball, Michael, this weekend. Absolutely not. Um and I don't want to give away stuff that's going to be in our week 14 preview broadcast, but um, I think, especially now, I actually had to check where the game was, if it was going to be in Tampa or if it was going to be at Levi's. It's at Levi's. The Niners have got a really nice run of games at home, sort of the end of the season a bit. Um, I think at least 60% of them are at Levi's over the next few weeks. But when you look at that Niners defense that was still not a full strength last week and what they'd done to contain Tua and what they'd done for most parts of the game to contain that hyper hyper offense that the Dolphins have I cannot see a situation next week or this week coming up in which Tom Brady goes to San Francisco and puts up any more than 22 to 23 points to win this game and I think that's a huge issue for them they're not going to be able to run the ball obviously you got the quarterback situation in San Fran which is a massive massive issue and big big reps to Kyle Shanahan for only announcing that Jimmy Garoppolo was out for the season whenever we were finished our Sunday review podcast the other night really appreciate that Kyle thanks a million Paul um Obviously, it's 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 a different conversation, what's going on in San Francisco there. That being said, Brock Purdy looked quite content and quite normal against the Dolphins. But I guess whenever you have a guy like uh, Christian McCaffrey, it's not going to matter, is it? And then, uh, look, that, that game is massive for the NFC, and I don't want to preview too much. But I think in relation to this game... When you think about who's going to come third in the NFC, like obviously the Bucs is the division winner and it's looking so likely now. 
so if you come fourth in the division, you're going to be having to play the Eagles or the Cowboys, whichever one of them has to go to the wild card, versus you're going to be playing the Seahawks if you come third. I mean, there's a massive difference there. You're playing an absolute out-and-out Super Bowl contender. So, I mean, can the Bucs push on to come third in the in the playoff seating, Michaela, do you think? Well, I was just having a quick look at the Buccaneers next few games coming up and they have the 49ers and like you guys said not to give too much away for our upcoming preview but I think the Bucks are going to beat the 49ers I'll explain a bit more why when, when we're doing Ooh. our next one um, hold on a second <laughs> you, really? yeah I got the Bucks be- if, I think even if Jimmy G was there I'd still give the Bucks a chance because again I never really have Brady like out completely finished. I never bet against him. And he kind of has that chip on his shoulder against the, the 49ers. I'll go more in de- detail into it in our preview. But yeah, I, I think they could get a win against them. And then the only team I can see them losing to in their upcoming games is the Bengals. I think they'll beat the Cardinals, they'll beat the Panthers, and they'll beat the Falcons. So that'll make them, what, 10 and 7? That's really interesting about them winning in San Fran on Sunday. Uh, that, that would shock everyone in the sense of that would be like the standout result of the weekend if it happened, which would be. I guess for a neutral, awesome to see. Um, Mark, I, I want to jump in very quickly. With one more point in this Monday night game. That Saints incompletion, um, was, that was it on third down at the end of the first half. And then, uh, you know, they should have scored from that drive. And then you got to look, like, that penalty at the end was just unforgivable at that point in the game. But the Bucs the Buc should not, the Bucs had no business winning that game last night. Atrocious, like. I suppose so the thing, Michael, is with the Bucs, um, it, it's been talked to that now at this point about how they miss Bruce Arians. And I actually am coming around to the thinking that Byron Leftwich is kind of the guy that gets hung out to dry here because you have to have Todd Bowles in that building still. Look, maybe as a head coach, it hasn't worked out with the Jets now. It hasn't. It's not working out with Tampa Bay. But the, at the end of the day, the defense is just so good that it keeps you in that position. And how did the Bucs really win this game was... On they forced it because of a sack on uh, the Saints' last drive. They have them lined up third and 17. Dalton absolutely nails a pass to Taysom Hill, but the defense is able to step up and get rid of it. It was Keanu Neal knocks the ball free, and it was like it was in the clutches of Taysom Hill. I was thinking at the end of the day, the reason that the books are getting over the line, whether it was that Rams game or whatever, is because the defense is really keeping them in it so I, I yeah you kind of have to give them credit there because we're saying that at the same time the 49ers defense is the reason that they should be able to hang on no matter who their quarterback is even though their offense is a lot more uh, developed than this book offense and um, last point I kind of want to make on this game I'll throw it over to you because you have the uh, the Tom Brady jersey Michaela he's gotten a bit of stick not even just this season but dating back as far as last season about Tom Brady's age is coming against them. If you watch the first half of this game and the ball cannot be moved, it seems, you could definitely pin it on him. There was evidence there with the Julio Jones passes and there was one to Scotty Miller. The deep throws just don't exist anymore. I'm going to say straight away, I think that Julio Jones has lost a step because when you do the deep ball to Mike Evans, the ball is placed perfectly. It was this kind of finish, and now he's done it twice, that when you put the game into Tom Brady's hands, the play calling is on his shoulders, and he has whatever it is, three minutes to make a, to, to win a game. That kind of shows that I don't think the age is a problem at all. I, 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 I suspect you agree with me. 
Yeah, no, I think it's obvious that I am a Brady fan, but I don't think the age is an issue. And I, when I did see that deep throw, he tried to make the Jones and Jones, it was just too far of our reach. I, I kind of thought to myself, I think that's a Jones issue. I think, like you said, he's just, he's just lost a step. And because you obviously see, and then you put the, the game on Brady's shoulders for those last three minutes. And he just, he does what Brady does. He gets them down the field and he gets two touchdowns in three minutes. I don't, don't think I'd want any other quarterback in that situation other than Brady because he's just so reliant. And even though I, I do say the Saints are Brady's dodgy team since he went to the NFC, I I'm I knew once he got the ball at that point, I'm like, there's still a chance because it's Tom Brady. Yeah, that was his 44th fourth quarter comeback breaking Peyton Manning's record. And it's only the second time that he's ever had a comeback of more than 13 points in the fourth quarter, which is kind of insane because he's seen as so clutch that um, that performance was in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 51 against the Falcons when he last did it. So it wasn't the worst mm. sign. Look, we're talking a lot of 49ers there. We might as well touch on this while we're doing a one night recap. We haven't had an opportunity yet to talk about that Baker Mayfield uh release look he is on the waiver wire you don't know maybe with his contract it'd be worth one other team that's ahead of the 49ers in the priority to claim him suppose he wants to jump in where where does he end up i will say a very quick piece because i know uh, well i know but people may not know listening to this mikhail is a massive baker fan um so it's funny because this is like the curse now, folks. So this is our first time doing this where it's been so relevant. Uh, Baker will have a team before this podcast goes out. What's the odds? Um, now, no way. We get, to have... th- we get to saying it too fast. <laughs> like, I'll give you a break. <laughs> I'm under well, pressure I, to edit it. I, I, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm saying like, folks, if you, if you are listening and he has signed somewhere, don't hate us. It's it's grand. Um, I'd be really interested because I, I I had the uh, I had the list in front of me earlier on. I was looking at the teams in terms of who has the the ability to make a claim. You know, you gotta look between for me the Niners, the Rams, the Colts, and the Texans. I think those are the four options. I personally think he's gonna go to the Rams. I don't know why, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the Rams have not got a starting quarter starting quarterback caliber there a, a starting quarterback caliber player there at the moment in my opinion um but baker is uh, like a like a dog that's used out all his um he's used all his toys he's chewed them up i i he's had too many chances for me uh there was obviously a clear misstep in his movement and his play from the initial injury he got in that stellar season that he had i think it was was 2020 and he has not been able to come back since he has not been great in Carolina when he needed to be at least above average to be given a chance next year, especially with a cap hit. Um, so, you know, I you have to wonder what team could he go to over the next last few weeks where he could actually start. The only one that stands out to me there is the Rams or the Texans. But I think we are coming to the end of Baker Mayfield as a starting starting quarterback in this league. It's just it's. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, Michaela, but I'm I'm out on the Baker train now. I actually don't care where he lands up genuinely because it's not going to matter, is it? I mean, all the best of him. Uh, I I do understand the criticism. I think he's well, he's earned he's earned that criticism. To be honest, but I think I I still have one or two chances left to give him because I know what he can do. He broke Peyton Manning's rookie touchdown record. He brought the Browns to. Uh, their first playoff win in over 20 years but I think people have to forget uh, people might forget that he's had so many head coaches through his first few years and he went to the Panthers and 
like he had Matt Rule uh, he, who got fired. So like, I don't think all the blame is on him. I think he just, he does need to step up. He's too inconsistent sometimes, but I do know what he can do. So I'd love to see him actually go to a team where he has a chance under a really, really good head coach. Um, I know his wife is from California, I believe. So I think she'd be happy if they ended up in San Francisco or Los Angeles. Um, I'm, I'm a bit torn. I don't think, imagine if he went to the Texans. So that'd be so funny because obviously it'd be like, kind of like nearly like a straight swap between quarterbacks. Um, I don't think he will go to the Texans. I think, well, he is, he is a, he is a Southern guy. So maybe he'd want to, but I don't know. I, whoever, wherever he goes, he's not going to be there next year because they're like the, if he goes to the Rams, they're going to have Stafford back. If he goes to the 49ers, they're going to have Trey Lance back. And then if he goes to the Texans, the Texans have like a top five pick. They're probably going to draft a quarterback. Um, so I I don't know. I think I think Michael's right. I think it'll be between the Rams and the 49ers, but seeing the little bit of what Brock could do against the Dolphins, I think yeah, it, it might be the Rams because the Rams are bad anyway, so might as well just have a punt on them. Imagine him going to San Francisco, backing up Brock Purdy and the Niners win a Super Bowl and he gets a ring. The accolades make it definite that he's going to end up with a team somewhere and the point that you make is absolutely perfect about him having such a massive turnover in head coaches Makeda and that's why I kind of am agreeing with you like oh crap what happens if he does end up with a Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay short-lived as it will be because you're right they're going to have different quarterbacks next year it's kind of like if, if someone's going to take a roll of the dice thing and we can get five weeks to throw him out and kind of see what he is because he's going to be a, a free agent one way or another, you know, that he's going to be out there. So I, it's, it's definitely interesting how it plays out. But then it's like, what, what, why would the Rams claim from? They know their season's over. The Texans might actually think that he could be there, but they get a quarterback next year. Look, we're going to be talking about it. And like you say, Michael, it could be all played out by the time someone listens to this podcast. So at that, we will love you and leave you. Say thanks to me and everyone for listening. And um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday with our weekly preview. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining me. See you then. See you then.